0: Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grycek. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to Viewpoints, I think for the first time, Janie Thompson, who's on the National Continents Helpline, which uh, works under the umbrella of the Continents Foundation of Australia. The hunt is on for Australia's best public dunnies. That's part of a campaign. Uh, we've been supporting this for several years, and it's, uh, it's a real pleasure to, to continue doing that through Casey Radio and our podcast, Viewpoints. Uh, but firstly, welcome to uh, Janie Thompson great thank you so much for having me henry absolute pleasure now janie we were talking off air you've been in this field for 30 years uh, broadly speaking uh, yes. what attracted you to this field and how come you've survived 30 years
1: well actually I'm a registered nurse so my background I was working as a district nurse for uh, some time and I've always loved older people so I did a um, graduate diploma in gerontology and then someone offered me a free um, continence care course and I love a bit of free education Mm -hmm. and that ended up being my journey where I actually felt that I had a real passion for the area and I've sort of continued in the field then for another 30 years and now I'm managing and working on the National Continence Helpline. So I get to speak to people who are experiencing continence issues every day or else they carers and hopefully providing them with some support and, and advice and direction on how they can improve their
0: situation. Now, I could imagine in some cases that would require some sensitivity on your part because uh, Being incontinent is not something a lot of people would sort of put their hands up and say, hey, guess what, I'm incontinent. Uh, Do you find that uh, when you're talking to people, there's a sensitivity there for some of them?
1: Yes, and sometimes we're the first person they've actually discussed their incontinence or continence issues with. So um, it's, it's trying to make them feel confident to get their voice to then take the next step and maybe talk to their GP or go to a local continent service and, and get some more help. But at least arming them with what questions they might need to ask or what things they might need to do next. So, it, you know, it's good if we can get that first step and get that person to say, hey, I've got a problem. Okay, let's see what we can do to help you improve the situation.
0: When you get people calling on the helpline, oh, you mentioned mm. before, if they're a carer or a family mm. member, mm. Um, that's still one step away from the person, isn't it? Yes, but
1: uh, some of those carers can be a parent of a child, mm. so it could be a child they're doing toilet training with, or a child with bedwetting. So, they're really the guardian um, speaking on their behalf, or else you know you might have an, um a, you know your partner say who you are the carer for. So you you are their spokesperson. So it's, it, and often they're both sitting next to each other. So they're talking together. So they'll put, put themselves on speakerphone and we can speak to both the, the person who's experiencing the incontinence plus the carer. But the carer has a very important role in supporting someone who has incontinence. So it's great to speak to carers as well.
0: Mm. Now, there's over 5 million Australians affected by incontinence. Uh, yes. It covers many, many different types of causes uh, and, and people, doesn't it? Yes, that's right. Yes, it can be. There's there's
1: numerous reasons as to why someone might have incontinence, and sometimes a person might have lots of different reasons to result in them experiencing incontinence.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people aren't aware of it, that it's as prevalent as it is, and with so many, many different causes. That, of course, I I guess, poses challenges, you know, A, in resourcing and supporting those people, and also for our our, our medical profession, and also, I guess... um, our psychological profession too, in terms of the sort of service that you have to provide. It, it, it Could you just elaborate a little on the breadth of, of of services needed?
1: Yeah, we're actually really lucky in Victoria because we actually have numerous continents, public continent services as well as a lot of private services around. So we can actually – a lot of people can access services It's just knowing that they're actually out there. So I think you said you're in the city of Casey, so Monash Mm -hmm. Health has a public continent service. So all the big – health regions have uh, a public service that someone can actually have access to. So um, there is help there, that's for sure. And there's also lots of private services as well. So it's probably more knowing that they're there or speaking to your GP and taking that first step to find out, okay, where can I go next? Because there is services around.
0: Yeah, and from from looking up the research uh, on it, um, uh, a little known fact for some people might be that the majority of people affected by incontinence can be treated, better managed, or even in some cases cured. Uh, so there's a there there are there is light at the end of the tunnel for those people. It's not necessarily all gloom and doom, is it? Yes.
1: And I think that's possibly the the more challenging part, especially for an older person, where sometimes they think, oh, it's related to my age. Mm. Age is not a reason why someone has incontinence. So that's why it's good to have an assessment to find out, well, what's the cause of this? And then how can it be managed and possibly improved or cured? Um, so, yeah, so don't just put up with it, actually go and ask the question of your GP or um, if you know there's a local continent service near you, you can actually refer yourself to that local service. Mm.
0: Is it true that um, it costs the economy in terms of, because it says here it's the cost of $66.7 billion and rising, that's the economic cost. Would some of yep. that be related to the fact that uh, it affects people's capacity to engage with work or in society? What would yes. be the... Where will that cost be spared, spent,
1: spent? Yeah. So for so some people, they aren't able to work as easily, or they might feel that if they have to go to the toilet a lot, or there isn't facilities to allow them to, you know, use a catheter or change a continence product, that can affect their ability to work at their full capacity. So research has shown that the more severe your incontinence, the less. Um, ability to gain employment or be in as much employment as possible that person experiences and then of course there's a cost to incontinence because you know incontinence pads are expensive there's washing Mm -hmm. expenses you know there's lots of other additional costs on top of that as, as opposed to not just being able to work or enjoy your social activities there's also that direct financial cost of the continence products you need to use
0: Children pose in some cases are different. I'm, I'm in the field of education. I've also had my own yes. children, uh, Janie. They, they can be a, uh, coming from a completely different field, can't they, in terms of their incontinence and how we manage it?
1: Yes, yeah. And and again, it's often about working with educators and working with parents to support a child. Um, I know we get a lot of calls leading up to kids starting school who are still um, being challenged by daytime wetting or in the process Mm -hmm. of being toilet trained um, and trying to support those parents to sort of get... Get the child confident to go to school. Same with bedwetting. Um, children who might be uh, not neurotypical, so have um, on the autism spectrum disorder or ADHD, they've got increased risk of having bladder or bowel incontinence. So supporting those children to actually achieve continence and and you know be confident at school is really important for for the child, for for the carer, and that's an important part of what we do. You know, on the National Continence Helpline or as continence healthcare professionals.
0: Mm, We we see it at school too. If children are suffering from incontinence, it can also have quite uh, debilitating social impact on children uh, in terms of uh, their peers, uh, perhaps um, rejecting them, etc., etc.,
1: Yes. Yeah, of course. Um, you probably can always remember the child who wet themselves at school. I know I can. Mm. And, you know, this, these children aren't doing this on purpose. And it's, it, it's something that we should actually be supporting these children. There's also issues if they have an odour, you know, other kids will pick yes. that up. So, you know, we really got to be careful of these children's mental health as well as their physical health when it comes to incontinence to make sure that they're okay and they're, they're well supported and, and protected and, and nurtured. To, you know, be able to
0: live a a good and comfortable life and be confident in school and enjoy school. Do you you work with schools or are there services that uh, can support schools in um, dealing with the, I guess, the social psychological side of an emotional side of all that? Because it, it can be very sensitive.
1: Yes. um, I mean, educators and parents ring the National Continence Helpline a lot. Mm. There are some psychologists who work in the field of continence. I know in my previous uh, um, place of work at Alfred Health, we had a clinical psychologist as part of our team to work with people uh, with the emotional and anxiety and um, depression-related aspects that impact on bladder and bowel control. Um, But, you know, uh, I mean, the NDIS, for example, is a great the National Disability Insurance Scheme is a great thing that if a child is on that particular scheme, they might be able to also be offered not only continence support but possibly also psychological support through that scheme. So, you know, there are continence services around that do look after paediatrics as well as adults. So, there is support out there. It's just trying to, you know, maybe calling the National Continence Helpline and then we can link you up with your local services.
0: Because mm, the sooner you nip it in the bud, the sooner things get better. When you take a short break, when we come back, Cheney I'm sure. We can hold the line. We'll talk about uh, this campaign, which is it's quite exciting, and I think it's a lot of fun too. The hunt is on for Australia's best public dunnies. Uh, can you hold the line? Sure, no worries. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gricek. A little bit of a conversation with Janie Thompson, who works as a manager of the National Continence Helpline with the Continence Foundation of Australia. We've, uh, before the break, we talked about uh, the, the issue of incontinence and how the uh, Continence Foundation of Australia supports that. Their big campaign, uh, the hunt is on for Australia's best public dunnies. We'll devote this uh, next uh, 10 minutes or so to that. Welcome back, Janie. Uh, thanks Henry good to be with you still absolutely now this uh, the best public dunnies uh, tell us of the campaign and uh, some of the background and uh, what what we can expect and the dates etc
1: so the um, Great Dunny Hunt is a, sort of an annual campaign the Contents Foundation runs to make sure that the National Public Toilet Map is as up-to-date as possible. So the National Public Toilet Map is a joint initiative of the Australian government, Australian local governments and the Continents Foundation. And the Contents Foundation are the people who, or we, are the ones that sort of maintain this particular website and app. So people can download the National public toilet map onto their phone. So it's so it's Toilet Map is the name of the app. And that actually helps them find toilets, public toilets throughout Australia. So it's great for anyone travelling or anyone with a confidence issue to know where these toilets are. So between the 3rd of April, so Monday coming until the 19th of June, we are running our campaign on the Great Dunny Hunt so we want to make sure that you know all the toilets throughout Australia are on this particular app so we encourage people to jump onto the website toiletmap.gov.au or download the toilet map app and then you can um, upload photos of, of toilets and give some detail on those toilets and you you can be in the running to win a prize of one of three $500 SF gift vouchers so it's it's a bit of fun but it's also mm-hmm. a really important initiative that this, this National Public Toilet Map has all the toilets around that people can then find toilets, particularly if they've got a continence issue, you know, it, it's really or a disability that they need disabled access toilets that they can actually know, okay, I'm travelling here and I want to know where the toilets are and I can jump on the app and, and then find them.
0: Yep. Now it's interesting that and uh, in, in your um, pamphlet there you say while over twenty one thousand public toilets are listed on the map, only three thousand facilities have photos currently listed, um, with many yep. locations still missing pictures. Yep. This is an opportunity to to correct that as well as yes. uh, raise funds and and have some fun.
1: Yes. Yes. And I mean, you know, we're Aussies, we love a dunny and, you know, especially an interesting dunny. So it's really great if if people can find, you know, I know we've got lots of pictures of very beautiful decorative (laughs) toilets around Australia. And I know I was traveling recently too. and, and, And sometimes you look at a toilet and say, oh, isn't that gorgeous how they've decorated it? So it's really nice to, um, you know, have these pictures. So I know when I travel, um, around Australia, for for example, I go to the Elvis festival in parks every year and we travel (laughs) through a certain certain country towns. We always know where the toilets are and we know which ones are the good toilets so it's really important that you know we do have this information so people can find those those toilets with good facilities that are easy to identify so it's really helpful if the Australian population can help us with this with this campaign
0: yeah it's a it's a fascinating one i i've seen some dunnies around australia that uh, <laughs> you certainly get a you certainly can have a lot of fun it's, it's quite they're quite funny with it um does anyone in particular stand out for you, you know, uh, that was particularly noteworthy? My, on my personal your fa- travels? Your, we your have... favourite, Dunny, I guess I'm asking. In
1: Narandra. there's a beautiful public toilet um, in Narandra that's beautiful and clean, and we always stop there on our way to parks and on the way home. We do really enjoy that particular public toilet.
0: Now, now you've got an interesting judging panel, haven't you? You might like to tell us who they are, and they'll be the judge. Judges. So so I know, sorry, I'm going to have to check
1: my notes. I know his name's Sean, and he was the winner of the thank you, of the campaign in 2001. And and he's been a very enthusiastic supporter of this particular campaign. And he's taken numerous photos of numerous toilets. So he's very eager to be involved. Mm. So it's really lovely how um, we've been able to have Sean's involvement in in the... Oh, actually, it was last year's winner. I apologise. And he he actually found 129 toilets, um, which is fantastic. So he's done a great service to us. And now, it's really wonderful that he's able to um, be the judge because he's he's obviously
0: knows a lot about toilets from and, his experiences last year. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Catherine Webber. Catherine's an interesting one. She's from Brisbane. Was awarded the 2018 Rodney Warmington Churchill Fellowship to increase inclusion and accessibility in public toilets by researching taboos, design policy and legal barriers. There, there's a lot goes on underneath the surface in terms of our public toilet uh, provision and use, isn't there?
1: Yes, um, because it, you know, going to the toilet is a, a basic um, requirement of all humans. So we should have access to accessible toilets. Um, and I think it's only when you have challenges to be able to access a toilet that it become that you become more aware of it. Um, So I think it's really important that we do think about accessibility, we do think about the cleanliness of toilets, we do think about the facilities that are in a toilet, so that all Australians can have equal access to these good quality toilets and and feel confident and comfortable in them. So it's really good when we have people, you know, really involved in, you know, flying the flag for 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 those uh, requirements for all Australians.
0: And how many people go in this, uh, just for interest's sake? I mean, I know it's very popular and it uh, it has a, a big impact, but you do get a pretty good response on an annual basis. Yes, yeah, it's, it's quite
1: enthusiastic and we do, <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of people write some really interesting descriptors next to their photo and give a bit of feedback and some of it is quite entertaining. So it's varied, especially when people are, you know, over the Easter holidays, we have people travelling around and they'll actually, you know, the family will all sort of go on a, basically a hunt together and, and be quite enthusiastic in trying to find toilets and, and it's a bit of fun for the kids because they go, okay, let's let's see if we can find a toilet and they'll, they'll go out and take photos with the family in front of them toilet and yeah so it's it's really quite a can be a whole activity for the whole family when you're on a on a trip over easter
0: yes now wh- while we're talking about this i was trying to work out which one and, and you forget many of them but most recently there's a toilet block in uh, mount beauty around their very scenic lake uh, up mm. in the high plains and um, mm. they've had uh, some artists do some beautiful murals on the Outside walls uh, of it of, of native animals and birds, and uh, yes, they it actually looks beautiful. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, you sort of look at the
1: silos, uh, you know, paintings that we have around Australia. Why can't we do the, the public toilet paintings and make them beautiful as well?
0: Mm, yes it, it did I, 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 because there's this stigma with toilets often people think oh, yuck but there are ways of, of having them you know well obviously clean but having them look yes. quite attractive in other ways yeah. and uh, yes I, I, I've I even got a photo of those I might enter the competition myself oh, that would be <laughs> wonderful Henry we would look forward to seeing that one that'd yes I, I'll, I'll make a point at uh, times on the wing you just might like to uh, refresh people's memories when does it run how can they get in
1: so, the um, the Great Dunny Hunt starts on Monday, the 3rd of April, so this coming Monday, and it finishes on Monday, the 19th of June. You can get involved by going to the um, website www.toiletmap.gov.au mm. um, or else downloading the Toilet Map app through Google Play or the App Store, and then you can uh, register and then download photos on onto into the system once you log on and, um, you know, take a photo, maybe put a bit of a descriptor in and then you can be in the draw to win one of three $500 F post cards. Oh, so, oh, you know, you can God. do as many
0: times as you
1: like. You don't, it's just, not just a one-off, you know, as many entries as you, you like, go for
0: it. Absolutely. Well, I'll just pull my photos out of my Apple iPhone and I might just, do, I might you, day, just do that. Now, uh, more broadly, if people... Um, have an issue? Uh, what? How would they get in touch with the Continents Helpline and speak to you and your team?
1: So the National Continents Helpline's number is one eight hundred double three. 0066. We're staffed by nurse continence specialists so so we're registered nurses with qualifications in Mm. continence care and we're available from 8.30 in the morning till 8.30 at night, Monday to Friday including, uh, excluding national public holidays. Mm. So um, the non-national ones are also still working so hopefully, you know, anyone can ring, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning our phones start and we're still there at 8 o'clock at night every working weekday so, you know, give us a call, that might be your first step and then hopefully we can direct you as to how you can improve your bladder and bowel control and management
0: Mm, especially since there's so many people who have issues in so many ways Janie can I congratulate you on the great work you do in in your field Uh, and of course uh, the promotion is one thing but the support you give uh, which is which goes on all year round is is another thing and uh, you know um, many people almost every family at some point would have somebody who who has an issue here and I just commend you on the great work you're doing.
1: Great, thank you, Henry. No, it's actually really enjoyable work, and we get a lot of pleasure out of what we do because we get so much, so much beautiful feedback from our callers and um, our clients. You know, when we're working in, in clinics, for example.
0: Absolutely, that was Janie Thompson, National Manager, National uh, Continence Helpline, uh, the Continence Foundation of Australia. The hunt is on for Australia's best public donkey yet. To go to the National Public Toilet Map app, or straight to the. Uh, uh, Website toiletmap.gov.au listeners and uh, you can join in and uh, contribute and be helpful. We'll take a short break.